What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Sizing Up. I'm your host, Jack the Speck, and I am here with two, that's right, count them, two very special guests. And, you know, this is the first time I've had an episode where I have both an editor and a model on at the same time. So, you know, I'm going to go ahead and let them both introduce themselves. I'm just Cleo. I'm Micro Merchant. I make, I make edits of people stepping on other people. <laughs> It wouldn't be an intro without you, Micro, doing a troll introduction. So, I mean, I appreciate that. <laughs> love that. So, um, both of you are back on here for the second time. Um, love having you both on here, as always. Um, so, what have you guys been up to? I mean, have, I've seen you guys posted some photos that you took earlier micro i'm assuming we're going to have some uh footage featuring you two collaborating on something again or that's likely that's always very likely um we're we're kind of enjoying vacation right now but um content will be shot very soon and we have some things that are being sat on right now we do have a lot of, <laughs> we have a thing that i've been sitting on for almost a year now that i really need to finish up and um have out by um what what three what three there's actually probably three things three so. things that i'm sitting on i've just been informed <laughs> that i need to wrap up very soon and have released to the public nice is it one of those things that tag remake that everyone will not shut up about <laughs> no i'm never remaking tag it's not gonna happen stop asking me about it that movie was made over 20 years ago just because we did the clip, we gave them the tease. Well, they've been asking for for the longest time. Like, you got to remake tag. You got to remake tag. I'm like, no, just go watch it. Like, it's there. It already happened. Even though, from a like story standpoint, and we talked about this when you were on micro, like that is like narratively, it makes no sense at all. But I mean, narratively, it's garbage. It's bad. It's not good. <laughs> It's everyone has nostalgia blinders on. It's not good. It's just flat out not good. <laughs> it's not. It's not. I it think has a, it has a, a what a Bob Barker girl on it or something. Uh, yeah, I think Rebecca was on um, Price is Right. Yep. That, that's that's the biggest selling point. She's great. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, but like, leave her alone. <laughs> like, leave it. Let let sleeping dogs lie. Yep. Whatever happened in two thousand and was it two thousand one? I, I'm trying to remember the year, but it happened in the early 2000s. It should probably stay there. Um, exactly. Have you ever tried to rewatch something that you thought was really awesome as a kid, and then you, and then as an adult, you're like, ah, oh, damn. Yeah, this sucks. Yeah, I tried to watch. You remember Xena, the Warrior Princess? Yes. <laughs> I got this wild hair one day. I saw it was on like Netflix or Hulu or some shit, and I was like, you know what? I want to watch Xena. I was like, wow, I remember this. This is kind of bad. Like, I don't remember this being that bad. You know? Yeah, nostalgia blinders fucking suck. Especially when you take them off and like, oh shit, this was actually pretty cringe. Why did I like this in the first place? Yeah. Be but like you know. Beer goggles. Yep, that's growing up for you. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I wanted to talk to you guys today about specific aspects of the fetish that um, you guys enjoy doing, um, being that you two are like one of the more well-known editor and model respectively in this fetish. And you guys have a very 
a varied type of experience when it comes to not just like specific aspects within the fetish, but like the technical aspects. So whether that be shooting, whether that be um, getting angles right, like you guys have more of a deeper understanding than most. And I thought it would be cool to have that, you know, talk with you guys. So um, going from purely, let's go from a purely filming aspect, like, um, we'll start with you on um, micro since because you edited and I'm pretty sure that's a unique eye. And then we'll go over to Cleo to get the perspective of being shot. Um, what, what's it like for you ever since you started? Um, hard to believe it's only been like a year and a, and a couple of months at this point. It feels like forever ago. You've come a long way, man. So I want to shout you out for that. But how has that been for you? from going from someone who was a fan and consuming the content and then being someone who's actually producing it? Uh, I, I mean, I just told myself, I wouldn't say, uh, but <laughs> coming from a, that, that's why I started in the first place is because I wanted to make content that I wanted to see that wasn't as prevalent <clears throat> at the, at the time that I started back in, I started making edits on my phone last February and then mm -hmm. I made a page in March. So really it was just like, at first it was just like a showcasing of like, Hey, I can do this too. Ha ha funny, cool. But then I started getting good at it, like really good at it. And I could kind of make whatever I wanted to. So right. then I started noticing that people were paying attention to it a lot and it was getting a lot more traction on Instagram and coming from like a fan perspective, like I know what people want to see. So I usually cater towards those things and will try to create content that I, that I would want to see, which then in turn like resonates with apparently 18,000 people on Instagram. So that kind of worked out. Okay. And I also enjoy having um, fun and messing around with people that are rude and get all uppity about seeing content that they don't want to see. And I'm like, well, you could just do what I did and just start making content that you want to see. But until then, how about you shut up and get off my page? And then I block them. But yeah, I think I think I'm answering the question properly. I'm not really sure if I am, but no doubt, no doubt. Um, so yeah, yeah. I think I'm getting the right. I think I'm getting the the, the right message across. Yeah, you're nailing it. You're nailing it. And I, I think that's the most important thing that um, people do need to realize. Like, yeah, if you don't like what a specific creator or is creating, then, you know, go out and do the damn thing yourselves. I mean, um, when I was interviewing with um, Perspective by Will yesterday, he literally said that anyone with a budget these days can start to make content and then get better from there. Yeah, dude, and, Will, Will's a really good example of that. Like, is now like, excuse me um will is now making uh edits that are about like on the level i was at like half a year in if not even a little bit more like will's catching on really really fast and he's mm -hmm. realized it's really not that complicated to make stuff that looks good so, exactly well one time that boy that boy goes crazy goes hard man i mean it sucks um ruby just got deleted again so he's trying to help her out get her stuff back fuck ig we've uh, um, been on a, a literal rampage five of us have gotten deleted in the in a week and a half Popzilla, yeah. me maven um Ro, roma <laughs> they've been they going got, 
They got cosmic twice in one week. Cosmic twice in one week, and I'm like, what the fuck, man? Oh damn! See, they've really been on it. Like, yeah, fuck me. Yeah. Back. You just gotta keep going back and fucking them. <laughs> oh yeah, no, yeah, no. We're, we're. I mean, we're not gonna die. I hope they realize that. So you know. I'm immune. Um, but um, moving over to you, Cleo. Like, uh, how has it been for you? Um, since you've been doing shoots for a while now, and you know, growing within the fetish (pun intended), growing within the fetish, and really just overall, just getting a better understanding. Whether that be shooting with um, different studios. So I know you shot with Giants Avenue. I know you shot with photographers and um, editors like Micro. So how has that been for you personally? Um, for me, it's pretty natural because honestly, um, in quote unquote real life, um, I've been modeling since I was 12. So the transition into actually, you know, doing the modeling aspect of things, that's pretty easy. And then as far as like specifically giantist stuff, I, I will say, a lot of that credit will have to go to Giantess Avenue because I had, while I was privy to a lot of the fetish world, I had never heard of Giantess stuff at all. Like, at all, at all. Surprisingly, after working in the fetish industry, like, I'm a professional dominatrix. So, like, stuff doesn't usually surprise me. But uh, Giantess Avenue is how I learned about Giantess stuff. And they taught me everything I know about a lot of, like, the Giantess specific, like, especially like giant just crush stuff and like <laughs> certain angles and all of that. And then over the years you just like perfect it and you get your own style and kind of like, you know, your own idea of how you want things shot and, and you just kind of go from there. But I also love being on the other side of the cameras. I do a lot of model directing and like set design and stuff too. So I know what it's like to be on both sides of it, you know? So I think that helps with my perspective a lot. I suck at, I don't edit. I'm not a technology person. So <laughs> that's definitely not something that I typically do. Um, I'll stick to the creative part of it and leave the technology to everybody else. <laughs> For sure. No, I feel that. Um, and just from a perspective of being able to like shoot and edit and, you know, um, micro mean, you can go back and forth about how people are pushy. Like, when is this going to be out? Why are you taking so long? And I'm like, if, if you actually, you know, got behind the computer and do the work, you would understand that this shit takes time. Yeah. I mean, the, the video I made with uh, my friend that goes by LVN on the page mm-hmm. that video took a week to export from my old computer. So sometimes Sometimes you're just a victim of circumstance and you have yep. no control over what's happening. That's probably going to happen with the um, the slumber party video. It's probably going to render for like two days. Oh, man, that that's going to be lovely. Um, when I had um, Leah on, she was talking about that video and how uh, she was excited to uh, she's excited to have that come out because um, she referenced uh, both you guys in the episode that I had with her earlier in the season, how she enjoyed like you know, shooting and getting to meet you guys and just coming together for that whole entire video. But she uh, said she understood that it's going to take a while. Um, and also, Autumn's in that one, correct? Yes. Yeah, so that would be a fun one. But yeah, um, yeah, people got to understand, like, you know, not after shooting and editing it, but it takes a while to render. Like, sometimes yeah. you just have to leave your, you know, PC 
alone and just let it do its thing while you like wait sometimes multiple days how long things take from they see the the painting not the the brush strokes and from shooting to having to do you know him having to do all the editing and depending how long stuff is sometimes people will ask for customs that are like literally a short film like long you know what i mean 10 minutes that's a long that's a long video and people don't realize that and so you're going to be you're going to be paying for it or you're going to be waiting for it (laughs) most most definitely like um when people come to me about customs i'm like all right you're actually gonna make a 15 minute like mini Mm -hmm. film and i want you to understand like some of these edits that i throw up on ig take a little bit to render so i want you to like double that time and just think about how long it's going to take it. But if you're willing to pay that price, sure. But do not complain when we've told you that, hey, it's going to take a while. And I, I feel like that's something that people do not appreciate enough, you know? Well, um, also, like, you, you'll, see a, you'll see a five-minute video. Like, I recently put up a, um, a gentle edit uh, on my Patreon. Then the video is only, like, four minutes long. Right. Well, it took me a couple hours to put that thing together, start to finish, like not, not including the time it took the the model to actually shoot it herself. So, you know, there's a lot of factors that go into actually creating a finished product that isn't just turn on camera, tiny guy randomly appears. Like it's, it's a lot more complicated than that. You have to stitch everything together. You have to make sure it makes sense in Mm -hmm. some kind of timeline. Like I know at the end of the day, people don't really care. They just want to look at feet or whatever. So Sometimes, sometimes I have my edits where I'm just like, yeah, I don't, I don't really care if this makes a whole lot of sense because none of it makes sense. So what's right. the matter if there's not like an actual timeline to follow? But the ones that do really well have a some sort of through line between each clip that kind of stitches them together. But it, it it takes a lot more than just throwing something into After Effects and calling it a day, or throwing something into Premiere and calling it a day. You actually have to put some work in and make something cohesive. Most definitely. Um, as someone who really got into graphic design in the first place, because I couldn't draw worth a damn back in elementary. Um, it just drove me like, all right, I, I want to create wow. stuff. <laughs> so, every day. Yeah. I mean, I really, really tried and I never saw myself getting better. And I'm like, there has to be a way for me to be creative without using a pencil and, you know, um, colored pencils and all yeah. of that. And, you know, yeah. it really drove me to be better in my own way. But um, like you were saying, though, it, it's all about those finer refinement and details and the little things that go into making stuff great. And um, in my process, what I've been realizing, I'm sure you two can both, you know, uh, like pitch in on this, but I'm sure we all can agree that you do you can be good but if you want to be great you're going to put in the time for those finer details in your work whether that be editing and adding those little masks that you know I benefit from learning from you on your lives micro so um like doing those finer details makes you like your work stand out to others and for you Cleo it has to be like nailing a specific like shot or angle or when you're like getting into character, a little minute details about that. Um, but how do you guys feel about that? Uh, Cleo, you go first. No, of course. Like, I think the devil is in the details. And I mean, 
there's there's definitely a level to it because I don't think for what we do, people don't necessarily want perfection. They're not looking for heavily edited, overdone. They want real life, real looking things. And so I think finding that line between, you know, keeping things like artistic and creative and modely, but still like on par with like natural and, and real and realistic, I think is, is important. And yeah, when I have like an idea or something that I want to shoot that's in my head, getting that image um, physically like brought to life is always super fulfilling. You know, it's fun to see your creations come to fruition. Um, There's no better feeling. Yeah, than that. and it just and it keeps you wanting to to create more. You know, and then when you see that they're received well, it's even it's even better. You know, which is also why like getting deleted a lot of the times is like for most models like you get better at it and you get less angry about it. But it's frustrating because so much time and effort goes into cultivating um, our pages and our spaces and things for people to uh, look at and connect the ways to connect with us and stuff. So when that gets like taken away, it's like it it can make you angry. But that's why having such a good, you know, following and and uh, tribe in the community has been really awesome. Otherwise, pages like maven and cosmic and all those they wouldn't come back you know right but yeah, i don't know what saves certain pages from not getting deleted because there's some people there's like girls that have like sixty thousand, and i'm like how did you get that far who do you know on instagram <laughs> tell us your secret yeah for real um a quick note before we get to micro like um pog has always said and i've noticed it now she said whenever she gets to 11k she gets zapped no matter what she does that's like <laughs> the ceiling and it just so like yep nope that's it. it i don't know what it is because mine are never the same i got deleted at 15 i've been deleted at eight i've deleted at six i've been deleted at seven i've been deleted at 11 like it's there's never any rhyme or reason but i have noticed usually it's like every like I, the sweet spot seems to be like every like three or four months they just like get on these little rampages. Yep. Oh, man. Basically, basically every end slash start of like a new season, that's when they seem to go on their like. Yeah, it's the quarter. It's like, it's like when the cops. It's like the cops. It's the end of the quarter and they start like, pulling people over because they're <laughs> they need some extra numbers. That's like basically what it feels like. Yep. Right. Basically. These basically, so oh shit, we didn't hear our quota. Uh, no. um, <laughs> Yeah, honestly, maybe, maybe we just cracked the secret. We don't even know it. Uh, it's a goddamn algorithm. But um, yeah, Michael, for you, um, how has it been getting those finer details from an editing standpoint? Um, if anyone's seen your work, like compared to where you were when you were making the edits on your phone, phone first off, and then when you started incorporating masks and stuff into your recent edits, like I like. I don't want to go into a spiel about it because I know the technical, you know, skill that goes behind that. But like, how has it been for you just being able to nail those details? I think that's the most rewarding part is like doing the subtle things that no one would really uh, catch mm -hmm. watch through or they wouldn't really expect it to have been there. It just looks as realistic as it possibly can. <clears throat> I mean, I, my, my edits will always have a slight, I don't want to say cartoonish vibe, but my characters are still, they're either 3D rendered uh, models from uh, like Mixamo or Blender or their Grand Theft Auto 5 characters. So mm -hmm. there's always going to be like that slight little bit of like they don't really belong there, 
but uh, I've gotten so good at doing color correction and color grading and matching them with the light and the video <clears throat> that you wouldn't ever really notice that they're not real people. Also, they're so damn tiny. You wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to tell unless you like zoomed in. But then if you zoom in, you're just going to see pixels anyway. Uh, but when it comes to like putting masks on things, which I've been doing for a while, even when I had my phone, uh, there it's, it's always just like finding a different tool to get a better and better result and pressing a button and saying, Oh, what does this button do? What happens if I do this? What happens if I press on this thing? Like what, what happens when I do this and then finding a new result from that, that improves your final product even further. I, I just like to think like, like, like Cleo said, the, the devil's in the details. I like finding things that people wouldn't notice or wouldn't, they don't notice that it's there, but they notice if it's not there. It's one of those things. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I I really appreciate that just from someone like it's like when I started fucking around in Photoshop for the first time. You don't know what you're gonna do, but if you start messing around and Yeah, if you start pressing buttons, something happens. Yeah, and you're like, Oh, that's cool. How can I build upon that? And then it just keeps funneling on top of it and you know, you end up creating your own style and learning tools yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's how it goes. Um I wanna um, reference what Nike said to me um, a couple episodes ago. He said that um, when he's doing giant disc photography, he's probably like one of the the, the best in the game of giant, giant disc photography right now. He straight up is. Um, he's better than I am. He's better than anyone will be. That's just oh, yeah. definitely no. That man's a goat. I mean, I know he tries to deny. Like, no, man, dude, you're fucking good. Don't like own that shit. But. Um, what he told me is like, he, he said there was no actual like guide or baseline to shoot with, you know, with giantish photography, cause there's nothing out there. There's no book on there. So, um, when people come to you and say, Hey, what do I do to start making content? Um, how do you like direct them to do that? Cause as Nike said, and I'm sure you'll agree, there's nothing out there that says this is how you make a giant to set it. Like there, you can get started, but it's all about finding a style that you would identify with. So, um, can you talk a little more about that? I'm trying to think where to start. Cause he's right. There isn't anywhere that says this is how you do photography for this kind of, um, for this kind of, uh, this, this this niche mm-hmm. a lot of it i think uh, when it can when it at least comes to photography or videography is figuring out angles and not just making it seem like it was <clears throat> shot on a shitty camcorder or a shitty video camera from like the 2000s right but also trying to match pers- like nail perspectives properly and think kind of cinematically on it and also it's it's I think if you just take examples from how people take videos of or, or take photos of like a still life, like if they're taking a photo of a plant or like a plant vase or a person's face, it's the same thing. It's just the subject is different. Right. And I think I think guys will overthink that. And they're like, well, how do I take a nice picture of a foot? It's like, I don't know. How do you take a nice picture of someone's smile? It's yeah. It's, it's, it, it has the same setup and everything. You just don't have to worry about red eye anymore. Man, good old red eye. Those were the days. 
So you don't need to overcomplicate it. And it kind of goes the same thing with video. If you want, uh, so you just need to figure out how your lenses work. I still don't really know exactly what all the terms are on it, but I know what all the little buttons and dials do now on my camera. I don't, I don't, I couldn't tell you what they're doing, but I know what they're doing and I see the result in my final products. And you know, anyone can kind of do it at this point because smartphone cameras have got so powerful that they're sometimes on par, if not a little bit better than the, like a baseline Canon, which will run you a couple hundred bucks. So right. like, especially like, like say like new iPhone 13s or the iPhone X's or whatever, they have all the tools in there for you to get something really cinematic and all the focal point, the focal length, whatever, everything gets adjusted automatically and you don't have to do a whole lot of work to make something look good. So right. I think I think it's a matter of just making sure you have the subject and then experimenting with it and pressing buttons and dials until you get a result that you really like. And then you figure out how you got there in the first place. But again, there's, there's no, there's no instructions on how to make an edit. I mean, I have a few, but people don't watch them cause they don't care. They don't want to put in the effort for it. It's the, it's the guys that actually like, like will cares to learn how to do that stuff because he wants to make it with Ruby because that's where his, that's where his uh, interests lie. Uh, right. started doing it because he wanted to make stuff that he wanted to see. He started doing it because you saw me doing it and you just figured it out. Nike, the same thing. Nike's been doing it for a long time. So it's, it's almost like, it's like kind of worth it and kind of not worth it to start writing that book. But are people going to read it? I don't know. Not to sound like cynical, but every time like I offer uh, lessons or someone's like, Hey, can you teach me how to do this? I'm like, yeah, sure. And then, then they, they, they send me an example of what they did like a month or two later and they retain, they retained nothing from it. And we go through a couple more lessons and then eventually one guy just like gave up in the middle of the lesson. He's like, man, I don't get this. Mm. Sorry for your time. I'm like, okay, that's fine, dude. I'm like, it, it, it doesn't, it's not something you learn in a day, but I understand. And that was it. And every, yeah. time, I, every time I post a tutorial on like my Patreon or something like that, people just don't care. It, it is what it is it comes down to if people really actually want to put in the effort for it. And the ones that do actually end up making something really great. Definitely. Definitely. I feel that. And you know, some people might call it something, but fuck them. But that's why I attribute a lot of how I've come up and my success in the community because of you, because of like, um, you like, I follow by your example and your lead because you came when you told me, yeah, I just started fucking around. Cause I thought you were like this technical master and you had a plan to do it. But when you were just like, dude, all I, I just started fucking around and you know, I, that's how I got good. And when you laid it out like that, you know, when you lay it out like that and you say, yeah, you don't have to like go in and like, you know, be this technical wizard of technology. Like if you just go in and put in the work, um, you're going to make some good shit and you don't have to like be knowledgeable. Like, you're on here right now saying you're not exactly sure of some of the technical terms, but you know, they're doing the thing for you. And yeah. I think that's a testament to show that if you really dig in and really put your heels in and really put in the time to learn, you know, you'll, you'll be able to make some good stuff and, you know, you will be surprised of what you're going to be able to come up with. So definitely people need to keep that in mind. Um, Cleo, a question for you. Um, how has it been working with uh, editors in general, like ever since uh, you came into this community? So, like, 
for example, like other than uh, micro, like how has it been working with editors in general that want to like edit you into giantess? Like how has that been for you? Um, I think there's, the thing is, is um, in general, it's always a pretty decent experience. I've worked with a lot of people. I've worked with like World Unseen. I, you and I have made edits together. Like mm -hmm. I, at some point, I feel like I've kind of worked with a lot of, a lot of people. Um, everybody has different styles, so it kind of depends. But um, I like when I get to be involved in the creative process. But as the thing is, is that I'm super big in my personal life. Um, I'm an entrepreneur, aside from Cleo, which in and of itself is a job. So sometimes I don't have the time in my schedule. So that sucks. Um, right. To, to be able to have the time to um, create from just a creative standpoint. So obviously their paid projects always take precedence at this point in my career. And then when there's things that are creative and I want to work on, I'm always open to it. It just has to fit in with my schedule. So sometimes it takes me a little while to get just like pure, like editor stuff done, but it's nice when the editor has a vision and they have like, you know, their kind of niche of what they do and, and we can kind of, collaborate on making something that you know works for both of us um you know but like world unseen makes good stuff we shot and he was good about getting stuff back i work with a lot of photographers too um and you know usually they're they're pretty big on editing i like when i'm shared the footage pretty quickly even if it's just the raw footage um mm -hmm. and paid in full for a sh for like a shoot but if it's just like a collaboration then I expect both edited and raw footage. These are just like common courtesies. And I think most models, honestly, like Pog and I talk about this sort of stuff. And I think other models, you know, kind of feel the same way when it comes to like working with editors, um, depending on what the, the contract is, like just lots of transparency and like what's happening with the content, what everybody wants to do with it, how long it's going to approximately take. And if it's going to take longer than it, than it was originally intended, like communicating with each other about like what timelines look like. I'm really big on time management and respecting people's time. So um, that's important. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> that answers your question, but key things in working with editors for sure. And that's just working with people in general, I think, you know? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, building upon that, what's your favorite thing about collaboration? Um, I think it's awesome because it, it breeds more creativity because if you take one person who has one idea another idea and they're able to bounce stuff back and forth then you've birthed this new cool thing you know what i mean and that's something you can't do by yourself you know you need that that energy that um that feeling reciprocated it it keeps things um in perpetual motion and i think that's the cool part about collaboration for sure, for sure, definitely. Um, Mike, Michael, for you, um, what's your favorite thing about collaboration? Um, and no, before anyone gets on the case, so like you only collabs with like the same people. I said there's a reason for that. I'm gonna let you explain that reason alone because I'm starting to learn that. But um, like, what's your favorite thing about collaboration? What was the second thing you said? I was saying like people have come into my DMs recently saying oh you collab with the same people i say yeah because they do good work and i like working with them and they're not gonna cold message me or demand like 50 dollar collaboration fees for a video that's gonna go up on instagram for 30 seconds 
Um, um, so okay, in that in that regard, because <clears throat> um, I, I can I, I I can see that uh, both ways. Um, there there's people on my page that I've paid to collaborate with, and there's people on my page that I've not paid to collaborate with. Mm-hmm. It just depends. You if you're if if I'm approaching someone and they have a cost for business, I have a couple options. I can either think, okay, this is worth it, and it'll be worth my time and the engagement I'll get out of it. Right. Or if it's like a ridiculous price point, well, then I'm like, well, this isn't really something I want to partake in. And I don't really, right. um, I don't know, I, I try not to do ones that I have to pay to create stuff anymore because it's not that I'm not at that point in the game anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, not, not to sound like inflated or anything, but I have a, I have a pretty big following and anyone going up on my pages it usually does really well for I and them. And that's yeah. So it's, but I'm not trying to say that from like an egotistical standpoint, there's like very few people anymore that will be like, okay, well you only have a thousand followers and I have 50,000. So why am I going to send you content for free? I don't know you. No one knows you. You don't, you're not reputable. And that's how it started out with me. Like I would hit up like a model that was a lot bigger than my page. Like the first few months in, like, hey, this is what I do. Here's an example of my work. Would you like to do something with that? And she's like, yeah, well, my, my customs are $10 a minute. I'm like, oh, okay. Um, and if it was someone that, like, I actually wanted to work with, then, like, cool. Like, I'll, I, I would have paid that back then. Um, right. But even now, if, like, if there's someone that I really want to work with or someone that uh, really wants to work with me, I, I mean, I don't charge models any fee if they hit me up and they're like, hey, can you edit this clip for me? How much is it? I'm like, it's not, it doesn't cost you anything. I'll just, just yeah. give me some time and it, it'll get done eventually. Um, but if a, if a model, if I hit up somebody and I'm like, Hey, this is what I do. Do you want to be on my page? Do you want to collaborate with me on this? If they have a cost for work, working with them. Cool. Because every little bit of advertise, every like post on my page is technically advertisement for my business. So yep. now I got to think of it as, it's not fair to me to expect free work from someone else for only me to reap the benefit of it. Right. That's not fair. So if someone's like, sure, it's however much I'm like, okay, fine. But if a post like say, say they didn't charge me anything and a post does really well, I'm no stranger to compensating people for it. I'm like, Hey, you helped out my page a lot. And I got a couple new subscribers to my Patreon. Right. Bucks because you basically earned me these, these patrons. That I, that I think that like that first week that a video is posted up, any like new subscribers are because of that post. That's that's how I like to view it. Gotcha. Uh, what do you- the people I collaborate with very frequently usually do really well on my page. You knocked over. We all love eleven. We do all love eleven. But the the people that I collaborate with frequently, I collaborate with because they are easy to work with. They understand like what needs to get shot to get the product I want or the result we want. And they're easy to work with. So like any of the, a lot of the people that have nicknames, but no link page, those are people I know personally. It's easy to work with Clio, obviously. When mm-hmm. together. It's, I have the people that work really well for me and I'm, I'm happy continuing with that vibe. And I don't really need to, I don't go out of my way much anymore to collaborate with, folk that are doing just fine. Right. 
because I have so much like backlog of content, like getting more right now is just kind of, it's very daunting for me and it'll get distracting because I got severe ADHD and I will constantly think about the next thing instead of looking back and trying to edit old stuff, which is what I'm doing. What I've been doing lately is working my way back through my, my content library and editing stuff that should have been put together like months ago. Gotcha. And, and like you said, you're at this point in the game so far where you're, you're like highly reputable at this point yourself. I'd like so, to think so. Yeah, there's no doubt, man. Like, um, whenever, and this has to be crazy for you, which I, I love that for you too. Like whenever someone like says who are goat editors in the community, they, your name is always popping up and like, it's like, I get like excited for you because like man i remember when he first just started out and now that he's gotten to the peak like this it's pretty good so i'm happy for you in that regard man um but yeah that's awesome um collaborating in general has always been a fun thing for me and you know sometimes you develop a rapport with specific people that work well with you and you continue doing good work with them and you know sometimes that's how it can be and like from my experiences and it's been weird there have been models that have like reached out and say want to collab and then i've gotten cold message and that's kind of gave me a bad it's starting to, i'm starting to rethink how i want to like collab with specific people which is why i'm starting to get to a short list of those same models that i feel like can work better with as opposed to you know the new models that are popping up on ig seemingly every day but that's a whole nother discussion within itself well um, I, just, I just have like keyboard shortcuts at this point like to if pe for people to hit me up i type like three letters out and then it fills out to a bigger message because <laughs> it, it, it just it honestly just makes it a little easier so i don't have to rethink of how i'm explaining how my page works to people i have right. to turn down um shout outs all the time like hey do you want to do shout for shout i'm like no I, that's not what my page is but this is what i do on here and i tell them like if you want a if you want me to make an exposure post for you, then this is what I do. And if they message back, cool. If they don't, that's fine. And I've had some people like, okay, that's cool. And then they send me a video to make and I edit it and bada bing, bada boom. It's, it's that simple. So it, it's, it's not like I have like a, I don't like make a list of like the models that I will only work with. I don't have like a blacklist. I try not to get annoyed if people cold message me or like they hit me up and then never hit me back. It, why, why, why would I let that bother me? It doesn't, they got lives. I got a life. Like sometimes I cold message people without even meaning to, it's just, that's just what it is. It's people forgetting people being like, eh, no, I don't really want to do this anymore. And that's fine. That's just how it is. Definitely. That's just how it is. So I feel that I, I'm still trying to figure that out, but you know, you just gotta, I mean, it's a process too, but I get what you're saying. Um, Going into the fetish itself, um, Cleo, let's start with you. What are some things that you've grown to appreciate about the fetish, whether that be specific aspects like bore, um, POV, foot crush? Like, what are specific aspects you've grown to appreciate within the um, fetish? Um, I definitely have a, a way more of an appreciation for feet than I ever had before. Like, I never, I was never a foot person. Mm -hmm in general but then now i can like look at feet and be like oh okay i can i see uh what you see the potential yeah i see public. the potential <laughs> yeah i'm like oh you're thought about being a football you know what i mean 
Um, so I definitely, it's like, I've got like an eye for it now, which I think is interesting. Um, and I love being able to push the limits of like kink and play in general, you know what I mean? Whatever that looks like for people and being able to create that like fantasy for people, you know what I mean? Oh yeah, it's definitely cool. Um, just, and I, and I feel like in a way I've been starting to look at like, because it feel like the giantess fetish for me has evolved to something. I mean, it can't still be very much sexual, but there's now an art that I see behind it now. And uh, like, I I've likened it to myself anyway. I've been saying that you're you're like making the features of a woman just feel bigger and they're more pronounced. That's how I see it. Um, but. Are there any uh, sub genres within the fetish that you've also been um, appreciating more, whether that be for unaware or aware or anything like that? Um, I mean, I think <laughs> I like un- I like unaware stuff just because it's like it's easy. It's and it seems kind of like the most realistic, um, considering like size stuff. You know what I mean? So. Um, I don't know. Like I, uh, I, I enjoyed making both contents. I, I like unaware because it's a lot more effortless. It doesn't regular life stuff, which I enjoy. It's easy. There's not a lot of editing that goes into it. Um, and then being able to make aware, I enjoy the creative aspect of actually like maybe getting to put like some semblance of a storyline together or whatever, you know? For sure. Definitely. Um, how about you, Micro? What, have, what, have you grown to appreciate some things ever since you've been editing, and has it kind of changed your lens on how you see the fetish yourself? Um, I think it's funny for people to get crushed by stuff that you don't want to get crushed by. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have one that I'm probably putting out next week where someone gets like crushed by a glass of water. I think that's hilarious. And like, like Cleo said, I think that's a little more realistic. You're probably going to get killed by something that you, that you're not going to, if you get shrunk, you're not going to live out your fantasy. You're probably going to get killed by something you don't want to get killed by. So I like, I like exploring that part of it. Um, Man, man does a good job of doing that. And I always thought those parts in his videos are really funny. And like, he captures like the actual like peril of being a, like a half inch tall person. Cause you'll get You'll get crushed by a, a Manila folder. That sucks. You'll get crushed by a can of Pepsi. That sucks. Too, you shouldn't have been small. Like, tough shit. <laughs> You'll get crushed by a shoe falling on you, not by anyone's like, actual intention or unintention. They just took their shoe off and dropped it on your ass. That sucks. That I just think that I think that's funny. Or like hand content. It's hilarious. Like, why why is a is a is a normal sized woman gonna pick up a tiny person and be like, ooh, I'm gonna eat you. That's gonna be so yummy, or like I'm gonna <laughs> my sweaty, stinky feet. Like, that's not gonna happen. She's probably gonna throw you in the trash. Like, like ew, <laughs> in the garbage disposal or something. I think that's funny. And at this point, I just like having fun with it and being like, oh, what if someone died from this? that's hilarious that it's like it's like I, I i still enjoy what i make but now i now i have like the skills under my hands to make kind of whatever i want 
I made a video of myself double jumping the other day. Because mm-hmm. I just I just got really good at all the tools and after effects. I'm like, I wonder if I can make it look like I double jump in midair. And I did, and it's hilarious. So then it then it like opens up like possibilities within within the editing that I'm actually doing for my page. Nice. And I don't know. I just have fun now. I can I can make whatever I want. It's really cool. It's goalie at the end of the day. You're just you're having fun. Having fun with this key is like one one of the most important things that I think people often forget too. Yeah, and like recently, <clears throat> even when I wasn't um, even when I wasn't touring the country, like I had like really severe burnout and I couldn't really figure out why. Mm-hmm. And I think it was because I fell into a loop of making content that other people wanted to see. And that wasn't originally why I started the page. So the second I started making stuff again, just for fun and like figuring out new challenges in the program to further benefit my work, I started having fun again and I actually wanted to create and I didn't want to just stare at a screen and get really frustrated that, oh, great, I'm editing feed again today. Look at that. There's a foot on the on the screen. Right. over that pretty quickly recently, and now I have, like, a big backlog of stuff to post. So that's why I've just been so consistent with posting lately is I just have a lot of content done now, and I'm actually enjoying it again. And I think that's the biggest thing is finding what it is that you enjoy about creating, and that kind of goes with everything, but – especially within this stuff, because it can turn into work very quickly. Mm-hmm. Find what you enjoy in it and latching onto that and then finding further things off of that that you enjoy even further. Find ways to challenge yourself. Find ways to do something that no one else is doing and just have fun with it. Don't, don't try to treat it as uh, labor because it's not. Exactly. And, that, and it should never be that way. Um, very cool. Very cool. Now I'm going to put you guys, well, I don't know, maybe this could be putting you guys on the spot depending on how it goes, but, um, do you guys have a favorite, like a few favorites within the community that you guys love, like watching, like seeing them, their edits or their work? And I'm going to split this into two categories. So I'm going to do favorite models and then favorite editors and then, we can go from there. Um, so which one of you guys want to go first on that question? You go first. No. No, you go first. <laughs> That's not fair. Yeah, I already have my answer, so you go first. <laughs> if you have your answer, nope. you should go first because I have to think. Uh, my favorite editor. Um, okay. I got My favorite editor, uh, it, it's like torn between Nike, MD, and Colossal. Colossal because – goes through so many different mediums he does uh, like him i i would i would almost even just call him an artist at this point because he does illustration he does animation he does 3d work he does he does the whole fucking nine like he covers all the bases and plus he's the reason that i started it in the first place and he and i are pretty close so i'll have to go with colossal but i mean nike md is changing the game but colossal is colossal is my og and like model wise, what? <laughs> model wise, it'd have to be my wife. <laughs> um, 
Besides, I don't care. And I'm not in the running. Who else? Who else do you like working with? I like working with Pog a lot. She's very fun. She's very bubbly. We all love some Pog, man. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like, I was going to say, I, it's hard for me to pick. Among, I've shot with a lot of really, really cool girls. Because that's also, like, part of my, like, thing. I like traveling and meeting girls. But I kind of have a little tribe. Like, I'm a legit friends with a lot of the girls you see me shoot with regularly. So, like, true. I got to rep my tribe, which is, like, uh, which is Maven, Autumn, and Pog. Like, I... That's my answer. I'm yeah. with the tribe. Yeah. Yeah, like we like making content together. We do well together. So there's that. And then as far as like, I would, I kind of have to like echo um, his answers because I would say Nike MD just because the OG status and also just the between stills and video editing. Um, Obviously, I gotta give I gotta give credit where credits due with for Giant to Sav. Like you know, they'll always be like the OG standard of what a lot of people know. You know, and they continue yeah. to create. So I think there's definitely a lot of respect and love there as well. And Cleo would not exist uh, without Giant to Avenue. So I think yeah, that's that. Cool. Gotta say micro, but that's just like a given, duh. Like we wouldn't be doing this right now together. But I think that is true. That is true. Hey, don't blame you guys. Good answers. Good answers. Do you guys have any uh I usually like to flip it on myself and see if you guys have any questions for me. So um you yes. guys have any questions uh, for me? I think that would be a that'd be a not not to be rude, but we, we do have to wrap it up. So here's how we'll here's how we'll do it. Uh, your favorite editor, you can't say me, and your favorite model, you can't say Cleo. <laughs> All right, bet. Um, favorite editor. Um, if I had to choose, that isn't you. Um, if I had to choose a favorite editor that I like in the community, um, I really like uh, Little B stuff from a pure like OG collage standpoint. Yeah, I, honestly, his collages oh, yeah. are sometimes on par with if not better than nikes because mm -hmm. I, I don't know how b does it but like it's it's incredible how well he uh does his work it's very very cool his city edits are incredible yeah no it, they're really good um he like it's in that old school style of how we came up on the, um, the fetish too and i think that's what i also appreciate about him because like it goes back to that very throwback like before we had the technology, his style is very reminiscent of old school collages that, you know, I just love to see. So I really like his work. And then, um, model, um, I'd have to say, I'm not going to say Paul because we, we've mentioned her multiple times already. So that would be a, a cop out answer. Um, I really like, um, I really like, uh, Princess Ashley Burns. I like her stuff. Yeah. Too. She's, like she's really creative with um, her stuff and she takes on the persona of a giantess so well and acts the most realistic. Um, yeah. Like, I've, I've told her, like, you know, she's kind of like a tweener between a giantess because, like, you know how some people will categorize giantess, giantesses as gentle or evil. 
like she has this she has said herself that she has this playfulness but she could still do some things that are characteristically can be seen as evil and you know and for me it's like well this is someone who's seeing a tiny person i feel like that natural wonder and curiosity could lead to some reckless things happening but it doesn't nearly mean she's evil but you know so i've always appreciated her work and you know um, when i got a chance to shoot with her this past um june um it was really cool um she threw ideas to me and um she had plenty of ideas for um for the fetish as well so like i've worked working with her and you know she's become one of my favorites uh very quickly um so yeah those are the two that um I enjoy their work so much from both an editing and then just modeling standpoint. So yeah, definitely uh, appreciate like those two. So if you guys haven't heard of them, definitely check them out. Sure. Um, but yeah, um, going forward to wrap this uh, up, where you guys uh, see this going forward um, being so far, like any big projects you guys have coming up, any big collaborations, anything that the community themselves should be on the lookout for. I haven't been teasing it all at all, but I'm going to be wrapping up the slumber party video I shot with Autumn, Leah, and Cleo last year, uh, like last uh, Halloween time. Uh, I'll have that released by the time uh, Halloween rolls around. I just nice. haven't been teasing it at all because uh, that that one's a lot. That one's a very big build, so I don't even know where to start with uh, previewing it. There's like a lot of multiple camera angles and cuts and it's very cinematic. So hopefully it'll, I'm hoping it turns out good. Cause it's, it's. I can believe that. I can believe that. For so long, I've only gotten better as an editor. So the idea is that it'll be better released now than it would have been a year ago. That's good to hear. I'm glad to hear it. And uh, I'm on tour right now, so I'm out of town for the next couple weeks. Yeah, I'm... check your tour dates. Yeah, follow my Twitter, guys. my new new Instagram, my backup, my other backup. Just follow it all. <laughs> I'll be uh, going to the East Coast for the next two weeks, so look out. Okay. Very nice, very nice. And, yeah, when you come back out here to Chicago in November, I'm definitely going to have to make sure we, we nail down those dates so I can shoot with you. So. Yes. Sure, we'll put it on the calendar official. Oh, yeah, definitely. I already have it, like, set up. I just need to, you know, figure out my days off with work and whatnot. But that's a whole other issue, as you guys both know, airport life. But, you got it. Um, but yeah. yeah, cool. Um, but, yeah, um, thanks for being on, guys. Really appreciate you two coming back um, for a second time. This won't be the last time, of course, but, like, um, it was a blast having you both on at the same time. Um, I hope the community appreciates it. Also, um, one more thing. Um, so there's very little details on it, and, uh, and Will actually alerted me to it, but um, apparently they're remaking Attack of the 50-Foot Woman with Natalie Portman? That's a thing. Like, no, they're, they're on and I'm like, you know what? That'd be cool. So, like, I saw that uh, Will brought it up, and I'm like, this is a real thing. I looked it up during recording the episode with him, and I'm like, oh, shit, this is a real thing. Um, so, a giant is Natalie Portman, and, you know, that leads me to this very last question um, before I actually let you guys go. But, like, in terms of how popular the fetish has gotten, do you guys think where this community overall is, I want to... I, 
mainstream because we're not there yet. But like compared to where it was, say, Michael, when you and me were watching previews on Windows Media Player from Giantess Zone in like early 2000s to now, like where, where do you feel like the status of the community is right now? Uh, man, do, do you want like the... I don't really know because it's very broken up right now and there's not like a central hub anymore. Like Gary's still doing his thing, but it's Mm -hmm. still I think everyone has their own little store now or can have their own little store and their own little marketplace because of the way that the internet's like infrastructure works and how easy it is to make your own clip store, have your own Patreon. I think that's kind of where I think everyone's just kind of kind of keep doing their own thing and having that. I don't think we're going to have a central hub for a while. And that's fine. Um, the last time we tried to have a central hub with a giantess love, the guy stole all the money from it because there was a um, currency specific to the website. And then he stole all that money and then said that the website got hacked and shut down when really he just pocketed, or she just pocketed all of it. Sorry. Um, right. Yeah. So she lied to a bunch of people, stole money. And I think people lost a lot of trust because of what she did to the community. So I don't know if there would be a central hub for content again, but we'll see. Uh, Giantess City is a cesspool. Uh, that forum sucks. Sorry oh, to whoever yeah. still decides to be on there. I feel so bad for you. <laughs> um, hashtag down bed. That's right. All right. Well, we got to get going. All righty. Um, before you guys get out of here, where can people find your stuff? Oh, easy. Uh, you can check out my Instagram and then I have a link tree in my bio and that links to all the other platforms I'm a part of uh, micro merchant micro dot merchant on Instagram or micro underscore merchant that brings up both my pages one's a backup one's my main but, 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 clear can people find you you Here's can find me uh, first and foremost my website that's the best way to get a hold of me uh, you can order customs find all the links to my clip stores etc Twitter Twitter will help you keep track of my Instagrams. I'm on my like ninth and 10th Instagram at this point. So follow my multiple Instagram pages, follow Twitter, follow my website, uh, OnlyFans, all of the above. All right, cool, cool, cool. And all right, we'll wrap it up here. I, I'm going to let you guys go. Enjoy your vacation, guys. You guys deserve it. Love you too. One of two of my most favorite people in this community in the world. So um, definitely enjoy yourselves and you know you guys know where to find my stuff i'm not going to repeat you know jack spec wherever you go that's it boom there anyway guys i'll see you guys next time on the next episode of sizing up thanks to you guys for being on and uh see you guys later bye Be easy brother take care